Today on the ZabeCast, it's a Mr. X baseball season preview spectacular. The king of the over-unders, Mr. 79% winners, is ready for the 60-game sprint. Also, who is naked Athena in Portland? A gambling degenerate goes on a COVID relief bender. And Dr. Fauci is certainly milking his viral stardom for every last drop. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Tuesday, July 21st, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Can you tell any difference in the microphone? I have switched out of the Rodecaster Pro Pod mics, which are really nice mics that have a lot of built-in audio benefits and are very affordable at about 99 bucks a pop for the more sophisticated RE20. The uh, Sennheiser RE20, that's an industry standard microphone. Can you tell? Can you, you, don't, you don't care. You're listening to the podcast literally with your phone on speaker in your pocket while you're walking around the house? Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I should just get to talking. All right, so much to get to before Mr. X. Let me go through it as quick as we can. Good news all around in sports on the coronavirus front. Looks like the NFL has a bead on plans and the players are piping down and we are going to get camps opened up this week and away we go. Corey COVID goes 0 for 346 in testing in the bubble. How about that? 0 for 346 for positive tests in Orlando with the bubble. Do you remember the hand-wringing and the, oh my God, my health is so important, I'm afraid. They're doing fine. They're snug as a bug down there inside the bubble. The NHL went like two for a thousand and change. So they're doing great. Texas has apparently peaked with this mini spike is on the way down. I showed you Florida's ICUs and hospitals were absolutely normal. Arizona's heading in the right direction. And yet, and yet team virus just doesn't want to go down quietly. Dan Sinclair tweeted he is a university of wisconsin grad william and mary law school and uh at brew hoop on i guess uh past editor of brew hoop he tweeted the following don't care about the nba's testing numbers this season should not be continuing the fact that this plan hasn't broken down yet doesn't mean it's a good or justifiable one. Wow. Talk about team virus to you die. That guy, Dan Sinclair. Wow. Frank Madden. I don't know him, but he also former editor of brew hoop an occasional podcaster of locked on bucks. I guess I should know these guys. They cover the bucks. They might be swell fellows. Frank Madden followed up that tweet with, come on, Dan, there's nothing more American than rationing the quality of health care based on financial incentives. It's how we do it. Oh my God. Talk about being committed to your own narratives and absolutely detached from reality. There's two guys. I really should print up a team virus 
t-shirt that's got the big coronavirus in the front. And on the back, it says Team Virus, and it'll be number 19 for Corey COVID-19. And I should give them out to people. Like, you are so Team Virus. Here you go. Congratulations. You've got a Team Virus shirt because you are committed. Oh, for 346. And a guy's like, I don't care. Just because I hadn't broken down yet doesn't mean it's good or justified. Stomp, stomp, stomp. <laughs> He's going to be so mad when this whole thing is finally in the rear view. Just saying. Stan Van Gundy apparently likes spending other people's money. And hey, who wouldn't? The Orlando Magic laid off 31 people, including John Denton, one of 31 team employees. He was the uh, longtime Orlando Magic writer for the team. And Stan Van Gundy said, these layoffs just couldn't be avoided, larding with sarcasm. The DeVoe family that owns the Magic only has a net worth of about $5 billion. They just couldn't afford to continue to pay all of their employees. Yeah, Stan, that's not how the real world works, buddy. Rich people who could afford to pay not-so-rich people don't necessarily do so when economic conditions dictate otherwise. Hell, Stan Van, I bet you're a millionaire. Have you made any cutbacks? Have you canceled anything? Have you told your house cleaner to come maybe once every other week? I don't know. If so, how dare you? You're rich. Everyone should just keep getting paid no matter what. The bear video took the internet by storm yesterday. It happened in Mexico. A group of hikers came upon a black bear, a juvenile, but still a fucking bear. Bear goes up, sniffs, kind of gropes this woman, pulls a Joe Biden. I I know. Fastball down the middle. Luckily does not decide to chomp into her. And then goes on its merry way. The woman even got a selfie, albeit a bad one, with the bear while it was sniffing her. That is something else. I said on both radio shows, I said the obligation of her party, which was about seven or eight people, none of them looking like really big, tough guys, not that it would matter. If she started to get chomped on, they would have had an obligation to swarm in and attack that juvenile bear with everything they had. But would they have? That's the question. I guess we'll never know until you're in a bear fight on some dusty trail somewhere. Speaking of things that have taken the internet by storm, uh, the so-called Portland Naked Athena, a protester in Portland where, of course, the mayhem just continues in Portland and the mayor there can't stop it. And of course, he's blaming it on Trump. Why not? Um, the, uh, protests go on and now there are moms who are forming a human chain to protect the protesters and, you know, protest peaceful protesters that just happened to commit lots of property damage, assault, random people and light fires and, you know, throw shit at cops, but otherwise peaceful. Apparently a woman decided to just go full buck naked and she sat cross-legged, Palms to the sky as the naked Venus right in the middle of the street with the police right across the intersection from her. I mean, lovely looking woman in terms of her body. Probably crazy, batshit crazy. Full pelt, of course. Like, what'd you expect? At least had shaved pits, so there was that. And uh, there's a photo of her from behind 
in her calm pose with the bright glare of the police lights on her. And it's a great photo. It's going to be in one of those year-end Time Magazine photos of the year, images of the year kind of thing. I don't know what happened to her. Did she get arrested? Did she get a shower? Is she worried about contracting from sitting on the filthy streets of Portland, Oregon? I don't know. But it was a hell of a photo for sure. And then there was this. Um, A man went on a gambling bender, even though he should not have at all. A man from Los Angeles allegedly submitted loan applications for millions of dollars, upwards of $9 million in coronavirus relief. What did he do with the $9 million? He went to Vegas. (laughs) Andrew Marnell, 40, a resident of Beverly Grove neighborhood in L.A., submitted these fraudulent loan apps, got the money, and then went to Vegas to make risky Bets also made some risky stock market bets and, well, squandered hundreds of thousands of dollars at the Bellagio Hotel and other places. There is security footage of him, of course, sitting down wearing a mask at a blackjack table with the plexiglass in front of him and the dealer. Because you know what? Even in a pandemic, you got to gamble. You got you to gotta get your heat on. The PPP loans were part of the unprecedented $2.2 trillion CARES Act, because remember, government cares. And uh, he is due back in court next Tuesday. I see when you got a guy like that, you got a monster, got a jaws in the water. You got a gambling degenerate like you've never seen. Bob Costas is joining CNN, I presume, as a non-sports commentator because, boy, did he like to get on his non-sports perch at halftime of Sunday Night Football. Oh, that is rich coming from you, Mr. Political Opinions. Some people are sick of. This is my platform. The platform of Sunday Night Football is, hey, Bob, do something football-y. That maybe doesn't attack football as evil and wrong and going to make everyone demented. Or talk about gun violence. See, this is my platform, so I get to say what I want, and you get to fuck off if you don't like it. Or just gently say, you know, Zabe, I I have to leave. I'm sorry. And I will say, Godspeed. Come back when you want. Don't if you don't. And live a wonderful life. My man, One Account Rhodes, hardcore Redskins fan, says he wants the Redskins to wear an all-white temporary jersey for the upcoming season. With nothing but a spray-painted, spray-painted W on the front. White shirt, white helmet, white face mask, white gloves, white pants, white socks, white shoes. White all the way. To, he showed me there somewhere he got a stock photo of just the NFL equipment setup, which is all white. <laughs> he just drew a W on the front. I would almost be up for that as sort of a protest uniform. And Antonio Brown says he's retired. He said, I came, I saw, I dominated. Call God. Nothing left to do. I think God said, new phone, who dis? If Antonio Brown got a deal from any team, veteran minimum, he would be there in a heartbeat. But some crazy is just too much to handle. And I know, I'm the guy that said the Packers should kick the tires on it. Apparently, they know his crazy, and they know it's not harnessable crazy anymore. 
just two years ago, he was the talk of the league, cover of Madden, dominating before he went crazy in week 17 and said, I'm not showing up. Only three players in history have had more than 1,120 yards and 74 touchdowns in their first nine years. One of them is Calvin Johnson, Megatron. His career cut short by injuries, not by being crazy. And Jerry Rice, the only other one. He's pretty good. Some company to be in there, for sure. But it looks like Antonio Brown's career is over. It is time now for what you've been waiting for. The long-anticipated 60-game season totals. Mr. X, we are finally here, my friend. How yes, are you hello. doing up in, Great, up in the uh, parts unknown near the uh, Squababash River or something like that uh, on the something coast like of that. Maine? Yeah, on, on yep. uh, Sheepshead Island. Or wh- where are you at in Maine again? <laughs> I'm actually at a place called Swan Lake. Oh, very nice. Absolute nowhere. You know, you get those Verizon maps that show 99.9% coverage. They're lies. I'm in, little, I'm in that little white dot that's oh. not covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sound like you're coming through loud and clear, so that's good, good right yes. there. All right, let's get right to it. We're finally here, Mr. X. I cannot believe it, but baseball is going to happen as soon as Thursday. Nats and Yankees, two 300 strikeout artists, uh, in a season in Scherzer and Cole. Apparently that's never happened before on opening day. Hmm. And away we go with a 60-game sprint. Some would think Mr. X, who has been a documented, certified, 79% winners on season totals with me over the course of damn near 20 years. Exactly 20. Exactly 20. Exactly Some 20. people would think Mr. X. Well, surely he's not going to roll the dice and risk his pristine record in some kind of slapped-together, funky monkey rules, runner on second and extra innings, permanent DH, COVID sit-out requirements season. But they're wrong, aren't they? they? Oh, they're wrong. (laughs) Woo! Here we go! By the way, for those... yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, go. For those that want Mr. X's steam, because we're just going to tease it here on the podcast, if you really want his steam, you got to go to his website, which is? Uh, CallMeMrX.com. Right, CallMeMrX.com, and you have various levels of uh, service uh, for your picks, and you're very fair, and you're very good to your subscribers. All of them have told me, you know what, Mr. X is really cool because, you know, I asked for this, and then the, the pandemic hit, and he refunded money, and there's no big deal, and now we're back, blah, 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 blah. So you're yeah, good, just, you're just good like man. Just like the Nats. Just, uh, yeah, just <laughs> not like the Nats, who made yeah. you fight. By the way, did you get your money back? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Because oh, No, because I haven't asked this on. question on yeah. the podcast. I don't think our listeners know. All right. There's two parts of refunds. One is your season ticket plan, which last week they refunded the first third of the season, April and May. <laughs> okay. Because that's definitely not going to happen, they said. <laughs> but June yeah. could happen. We could time but, machine back to June. You never know. So we're going to yeah. hold that right now. The, the second half is if you bought, like, for example, you know, you buy a bunch of extra games, like through your season account or whatever. If you bought single games, they, you can't put in to refund those until that date has passed. 
So I got my opening day recently, and I asked today, hey, how's it coming on all those June games? And the answer is, in process. <laughs> in we'll get process. Them by Christmas. We'll get them by Christmas. Eh? And by the way, I, I begged that team, please give me a method for a refund other than putting 50 grand on my credit card. When they, they do. Wouldn't do it. They won't. Like, for example, the first payment is 20 something thousand dollars refund because it's a big group. So now it's like they wouldn't do anything but put it back to the card you bought it on. So what it's like, can you imagine sharing with me? What the hell am I going to do with $24,000 credit on my credit card? God, I hope Mrs. X isn't listening. I'm dude. in big trouble. She's going to spend it by tomorrow. But anyway. Yeah, right. Dude, let's go to <laughs> Vegas right now. I just gave the story, <sighs> I just gave the story uh, before you came on here about the guy that applied for $9 million in PPP loans, COVID relief funds, and then went to Vegas and blew most of it. <laughs> Whoops. Should I not have yeah. done that? Was that wrong, as George Costanza might ask? Didn't see that coming. Yeah. So anyway, so, well, maybe you could buy your guys um, Visa gift cards that are just like cash. There you go. No, all I'd have to do is put in the request from American Express to get the refund. So now I can get that in two to three weeks. Yeah, so, that won't take yeah, nearly just, as long. A, so we they won't, won't be whole till Christmas. Eh? We okay. Won't be till All right. Christmas. Well, anyway, we're going to make some money on these season totals over under. So go to uh, callmemrx.com and follow Mr. X on Twitter at just call me Mr. X. Right. Here's my prediction for Thursday before you roll. You mentioned uh, the Nats and the Yankees. Uh, Cole Scherzer, Thursday. Now I'm in Maine, so I don't. It's going to rain out. Why? I don't know because this is 2020. Oh. <laughs> you're it's just going to be a rainout. You're like I'm just expecting the worst. You know, gonna, come on. Waited 130 days for this shit, <laughs> and then going to go fucking rain. Hadn't rained down here in DC in forever. I mean, it, it is a it is a burnt out apocalypse on everyone's yard, golf course, you name it. Give me give me Thursday at plus two to one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for those who are Thanks. new here, uh, Mr. X. Got a hold of me when he first heard me on Team 980 back in 2000. Kind of sensed that, you know, the force was strong within me, that I understood gambling just enough to be dangerous. Was certainly not a seasoned artist like he is. And so we hooked up and we started talking. And he kind of has taken me under his wing and, and has taught me some things along the way. And so every year, Mr. X, because he's a big baseball fan, Red Sox by birth, Nationals now because he's lived here forever. Uh, loves baseball, watches a ton of it, and just has a knack for picking out three to four absolute winners when it comes to season totals in terms of wins. So he started picking these on my show, and I kept track, and we've got audio of all this, and I kid you not, but 20 years, his number is 83 and 22. 83 and 22. So here we are sitting on the cusp of a weirdo 60-game season. Yeah. Why are you going to do it, Mr. X? <laughs> I thought you'd learn a little more from me than that. Because it's there. <laughs> no, I will say this. You know what? I think of it this way. First of all, from the baseball side, contrary to popular belief, I'm not a purist. I, I, I get that stuff. But this is not going to be a baseball season, quote, as we know it, the 60-game sprint. There's a reason you play 162 and not 16, like football or 80. This, there's a reason why 
it's set up the way it is. Anybody can win in a short run, and that's you know that's just the nature of the game. So this will not be like any other season. But that doesn't mean it can't be great. I mean, it's going to have a whole new angle, but it'll be fun. Oh, I mean, there's ab- no there's no dog days of summer. It's let's go. Absolutely, you know, they all count. Yeah, yeah. So so I think it could be really fun, assuming that we don't get another you know kind of shut down this and that i think it'll be i think it'll be in some ways much more entertaining it reminds me of like the very 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 early days of fantasy sports before your time my friend when there were all these rules and fantasy sports were invented and people kept trying to tweak them to make it quote more like real football and it's like it doesn't have to be it's a fun game right and that's what we're looking at this year. It's going to be a fun game. It's not going to be like baseball, but it'll be a fun game. I've always said the rules can be whatever you want whatever them to you be. Whatever you want them to be. Yep. That's the nature of sports, like playing in the backyard where, okay, the shed is a home run, into the bushes a ground rule double. Those are the rules. You don't like it, go back to your yard. Catch it off the tree. It's all good. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I think one of the things we're going to see, and we can just talk about some of the general storylines and, and theories about how the season's going to go. By the way, are you going to give out any little thing today on the show or no? Uh, hit me towards the end. We'll see how it goes. How about? <laughs> I'll try. Now, first of all, on the website, how many yeah. picks, just total, how many picks are you releasing this year? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, there's never a set number because I always say, you know, the winners are where the winners are. I can't, I'm not one of those people that says, oh, I'll give you four. I'll give you ten. But it's pretty close to the same as last year. The basics, uh, basic service people get, it's five, maybe six. But a lot of people subscribe to the mid-level service where I give you every team. Because uh-huh. a lot of people just are like, hey, yeah, 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 that's great. But I like this one. What do you think? You know, they, they want, want some what, right. They, they want some yeah. affirmation. So even though right. the, 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 you'll pick every team over under, and you'll say, "Well, this right. is where I'm at," but you're, you're not betting it yourself. Exactly. Okay. I wouldn't bet that myself. But I also clearly will say there are. I never pick them all. Uh, usually, there's about you know four or five really super strong ones. Like last year, we went the top four were so easy when they came home. Yeah. But I'll give about ten where I would poss- I would play it myself. Then I'll do like maybe about 10 more, quote, as you know, leans where it's like, right. I'll, if you're on the other side of me, don't go there. Normally, <laughs> normally, but, normally you will say if three and O is not good enough for you, <laughs> then here's, here's four, more. five and six. And that uh, sort of lets people know that, hey, if you want to go deeper, here's some other pretty yeah. good ones. But the top three are going to be what counts against my record. And then you're on exactly. your own beyond that. Sure. And the the last part of it is there'll usually be eight to 10 teams where I'll just say, I'm sorry, coin flip. You know, you right. can't pretend that they're all winners. Sure. I mean, you know, there are some where you just have to say that. So, sure. All right. That's so, the basic layout. Yes. All right. So one thing I think we're going to see a lot of is tons of bullpenning, tons of mixing and matching, starters going an inning or two, dancing around, emptying the bench. This universal DH is going to give Certain managers, just tons of leeway to bring in a billion guys. This was already the trend, wasn't it, Mr. X, anyway, in baseball, to use a billion guys? Well, it's the trend for some franchises. I'm not sure that I would say it's all going to be that way. I mean, there are some serious, you know, two sides to most of these coins this year. For example, everything you said is dead on for some of the teams. All right, didn't the Yankees use a shitload of pitchers last year? Well, yeah, because they had yeah they had so many. Yes, they sure did. <laughs> right. But I guess what I'm getting at is one of the most most important things I believe that managers do over 162 games 
is keep their 25-man roster fresh, especially the pitchers. Don't overuse them. Don't let a guy get stale out there and then bring him in after he's been sitting out for 12 days. Use the bench. You know, use the backup catcher. Are you going to do that in a 60-game sprint? Are you gonna, you're not going to worry about who's fresh and who's not. i got to win. I got to so get I guys that can more hit. Of an urgency, yeah. Are you going to sit your starting catcher one or two games a week when you're when you get off to that three and six start and you're like, oh crap? You know, I don't know if you really can say the benches and the depth is going to play the role it normally does because I think these guys will feel pressure to just never have an off week. And so, in some cases, you might see that they actually push those frontline starters a little harder because it's not June. And you can't afford to pull Max Scherzer in a one-one game in the sixth because right. your team's seven and eleven, and yeah, we got to get going. So it, I can see both sides of that one. Say, do you think that we're going to see a lot of injuries because of the long layoff and now the rushed restart and all the urgency? I'm talking snap, crackle, pop, soft tissue injuries. You know, you can certainly make that case. And you, I think you will see the, you know, the real franchise pitchers they'll be careful with. I've always struggled with those little nagging baseball injuries. It just doesn't seem that hard to, come on, come on, come on, come on, play through that. Forties, come on, your arm hurts. Let's go. So I don't know. Well, one thing is, but there's no time to, there's no time to say, you know what. Let's give him ten days and rest. That's, no, that's it's the over, thing, man. Let's go. That's the thing. I mean, they you know teams are used to hoteling guys on the DL for extended periods, thinking, ah, oh, you know what, yeah. we'll we'll bounce along without him. It's a long season. It's a long season. I need him. I need him down the stretch. Well, you're starting in the stretch. Yeah, right. <laughs> and welcome to the stretch. The stretch begins now. By the way, last year's nineteen and thirty-one start for the Nats. That's yeah. fifty games, if my math is correct. Carry the one, divide by awesome. five. Thank you. Nailed it. Uh, that's called you are out and you are mopping up for 10 games of garbage duty. And Davey Martinez is so fired. Probably. Then again, you know, you can actually make the case that you, you do approach it different if it was that. So, you know, you can't like just kind of cut and paste the rules. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have, maybe they don't, have the but the bottom line is you will see, I can, you can guarantee right now you will see good teams have a bad start and everyone goes, yeah, this season screwed them. And you will see somebody that's no good have a decent start. And if not make it at least come darn close, but you know what? It's, it's going to real crap shoot as to who that's going to be. Now remind you think, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Say, you, you are really on to one thing. <sighs> Giving away a little nugget here. This will, if I had to pick teams this year, I, you know, the last few years we've seen that real change to old school Earl Weaver, three run homer baseball, strikeout or homer, strikeout or homer, which Earl Weaver, you know, was the first person to figure out in the 60s and then it went away forever. And now it's back. Now it's back. And and you saw the teams, you know, no advancing the runner hitting behind none of that. Just just swing for the fences. But. You will see a switch this year. That's how you play over a long season. That's not how you win a short series. Ask Matt Williams. Oh, God. But, you know, (laughs) sorry. But the point is, this is the year that I give a serious edge to the new school analytical type teams. 
the teams that play matchups, the teams that platoon, the teams that do the situational, as you said, the teams that'll use their whole bullpen matchup versus matchup in the short, short run edge to those guys. Okay. Edge to those guys over the old school, which has become so prevalent the last couple of years. You know, Earl Weaver in the 60s, there was a book I read. I was was less than 10 years old, and it was the best thing I've read in baseball my whole life. He said he studied box scores. He didn't have a a Google save. He studied box scores, and he said that in 50% of all baseball games, the winning team scores more in an inning than the other team does in the game. And the point is, play for an inning. Yeah. Play for one inning. Because play. you have one inning, you win the game. And play. all that play for one run stuff. Yeah. Just have one big inning and go home. Play for the jackpot. said that in the 60s. Play for the jackpot inning. And then, exactly. And then let the other team try to scramble and catch up. Um, how do you think the umpiring will be in fanless stadiums? We know that human beings that are referees and umpires get influenced by other human beings screaming at them, you suck, Blue, or the whole stadium saying, oh, my God, I can't believe you pinched him there. But do you think it'll be different? Do you think it'll be more fair? You know what? I think I've not heard or read this. This is my own observation. I think the last one or two years, the constant presence of the Fox box or whatever it's called, Mm Mm-hmm has really made them tune out the fans that they didn't used to do because they know that every pitch is is on TV. Well, well, that was out of the box. And they've gone back to a more honest zone. It used to be you could throw any playoff pitch four inches off the outside corner in Yankee Stadium. When that crowd goes nuts, that ump is dying to punch them out. And the crowd goes crazy. But now you've got that Fox box, and they're all being graded. And I think we've already seen a shift to better umpiring. So I think it'll continue in that direction. Okay. I think the fans don't impact it. You know, it used to be they'd put that box up in the playoffs. Now it's up every game all season long. I know. So those guys are really, you know, they can't react to the crowd the way they used to. Do you like that box when you watch a game on TV? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can remember sitting, you know, we're sitting at games last year behind the home plate. Mrs. X will go, was that in the box? I'm like, honey, there is no box here. There's no <laughs> that's box. Right. I have no idea. Exactly. <laughs> I can't see the box. Where is it? No, no, no. That's on TV. Right. Uh, all right. Do the Nats have enough to win another World Series? Well, they certainly have the same thing I said last June. They certainly have what it takes to win any playoff series. Getting to the playoffs is one thing. Winning the playoffs is another. When you run out those three pitchers, they run out. They can beat anybody in a series. They can beat teams that are better than them in a series, just like they did last year. Getting there, I don't know. Usually you have the post-World Series hangover, but golly, they've had a chance to sleep in, haven't they? Yeah. I I don't know that they have a hangover if you start until end of July. Right. I don't think – I don't see them making the playoffs, but if you sneak in, I would never bet against them. I mean, the Dodgers and the Yankees – are head and shoulders better than the rest of the world at a level I've not seen in a long time. They are that good. Unfair. I don't like it's it's ridiculous. The Yankees in particular, but the Dodgers too. Their margin between those two and the field, I don't remember a margin quite this size. Now the good part is in sixty games we may not see that margin. You know, what we would in one if it was one sixty two, I mean those guys would be 
Right. You know, they'd be winning 110 apiece, but who knows Re- what will happen in a shorter call. Remember, the uh, Dodgers acquired Mookie Betts, and yeah. they took on David Price, which is – and by the way, didn't Price opt out of the year? Did we call that in the podcast van, remember? Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, but- he said, hey, why would he play when he's on his last $32 million? He's going to say – yeah, can I have that next year? <laughs> right, I'm just going to punt it the next year. He's going to do it. And, of course, the Yankees signed Garrett Cole for a whopping <sighs> nine years, $324 million. The rich get richer, yep. and that's just the way it is. Angels sign Anthony Rendon, seven years, $245 million. Does that make them a contender? I saw today that Rendon still has an oblique strain. I have shorted the Angels for so many years in a row. It's ridiculous. I mean, they just, I mean, they they never, everyone says this is their year. They never. What's Mike Trout been in, like one playoff series? So is Shohai Otani healthy? The two-way wonder? I'll tell you what. He is going to be one of the most interesting stories this year. In a short season, if that guy can have any kind of decent year at the plate and go like four and one on the mound, how do you not win MVP in a short like if he right. can really go both ways in a short run, he's an, he's going to be an interesting story for sure. Right, uh, but Rendon, Shohei Otani, and Mike Trout—you should be like, how are they not one of the favorites? And they're up there, but they're, I don't know. He, still like you said, be barely over five hundred. But yeah, shorting them, shorting them is something that I think a lot of people are going to want to do. Uh, Zach Wheeler signs with the Phillies, five years, hundred and eighteen million dollars. A twenty-three and fifteen starter with a three-six-five ERA with the Mets. Now he's in Philly. Yeah, he's good too. I'm, I'm not big on Philly. I'm not real sold on that. Come on, yet. your boy Harper. You know we'll see. By the way, the before I forget the the biggest change in in whether it's the actual game or the handicap and picking it like we're doing, the biggest change this year is this format where essentially it's three separate leagues. I assume you've already right. followed that, right. where East plays East. You have a 10-team league that there's no interleague games outside of those, you know, the East teams. Right. So you know, flat out, I won't make you do math, but you know that the East teams will win exactly 300 games. There's no, like, there's going to be no 7-9 and nine Seahawks, you know, with the, with the weak division. Sure. The East-East, they don't play anyone else. So it's like the East is a league. The Central is a league. Mm-hmm. The West is a league, which really, really made a huge change on what I see coming into the season, you know, when it comes to predicting who'll do what. Because when you – it doesn't matter where you were relative to 30 teams now. It only matters where are you within your 10. Right. See what I mean? uh, all right, a couple other For guys. For example, how yep. do you want to be the Orioles and be an underdog in 58 games this year out of 60? <laughs> Suck. But welcome to the world that you live in. They don't in. get to play the Royals. They don't get to play the Tigers. They don't get the Pirates. They are stuck. Josh Donaldson. So those kind of things will make a big difference, yeah. Josh Donaldson signs of the Twins, four years, $92 million. Yes, Rich get richer there. He, he should help them a lot. Yep. Uh, Hyunjin Ru signs of the Blue Jays, four years, $80 million, the team that may have to play all their games on the road. At this point, why don't the, why don't the Blue Jays just say we'll go on the road for the whole year? Yeah. I mean, well, they got to go somewhere. They can't keep crossing the border. But if there's a year to play on the road and not have it matter, this is it. Well, one of my guys uh, asked me, emailed me on that this week, thinking, hey, you know, I'm on to something because I just found out the Blue Jays were going to, you know, can't play at home. So won't that hurt them? I'm like, no. 
No. Yeah. 60 no games. Support. 60 no, games is two and a half. It's two months, yeah. basically, right? But all those things that are home field advantages, they're not there anyway. Right, exactly. So, so it's not a loss. Why yeah. would you say, well, you know, and they were talking about Buffalo, and apparently the Buffalo baseball stadium sucks. It's not up to spec. Why would you mm-hmm. play at a lesser stadium? I'd rather be in major league locker rooms, major league clubhouses, major league fields, all that shit on the road, but you're still staying in four-star hotels along the way. It's two months. There's no reason not to. I mean, the only thing you can think of is what? You want to play in Buffalo because it's closer for the fans? Whoops, wait a minute. They're not coming anyhow. It doesn't make any sense. You might as well go somewhere nice. My my girlfriend team, the Brewers, they, uh, they, they did a lot of minusing with star players in the offseason, save for Yelich, of course. But they are now concerned about Yelich's slow start. He's two for 18 so far in the preseason in intra-squad stuff. And it's easy to go, nah, he'll be fine. But if he starts the first month slow, you could be dead. You know what I say. Eh, he'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I am on that camp. I do not... Watching exhibition games is completely different. Pitchers are just working on their fastballs. They're getting their arms loose. It. I have ignored March every year of my life. Right. Okay. Uh, are they better with the minus out of certain guys uh, like Moustakis and uh, Grandal? Well, jumping ahead, I like the Brewers. Oh. I think that's one of the most balanced divisions. There's four teams that could win that division. It's very balanced. If you look at their over-unders, I think they're all like within a game. There's, it's a dead heat with four teams, and if I had to pick one, I'd take the long-shot Brewers. Okay. They're they're the 4C coming out of there, and they are what we talked about earlier today. They are oh – God, this is a dream for manager Greg Council. I mean, this this theory is right up his alley. Yeah. He is the classic overmanaged the shit out of every game. <laughs> well, you but know. you say overmanaged. He basically, yeah. down the stretch two years ago, stitched together an amazing yep. run that caught the yeah. Cubs in game 163. Yeah. And this is, and he, you know, this is exactly what he dreams of. I mean, this is his thing. He, he will be. I've always thought the last few years he's greatly overrated. He's starting to remind me a little bit of Tony La Russa and just greatly overrated manager. Sometimes the more you do, the more people have to write about, and more is not always better. He's kind of that. He's kind of like uh, Al Son or what's that guy in the Redskins with the twelve hundred page you, playbook. You, you think you think Council's <laughs> overrated? Possibly. I do. Okay. I do. Right. But this is right up his alley, and this will be good. And when I say overrated, I'm not saying I'm saying. This genius status. Like Tony Rolusa was a good manager, but this genius status was just crazy. Well, okay, there's two different things. There's overhyped, and then there's overrated. I'll give them both. (laughs) You understand understand my distinction, right? Yes, I do. Overhyped is the media loves certain stories, and sometimes they latch onto them. Like you said, they write about stuff that's interesting to baseball writers. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's both. He's getting a lot of hype, but he's also – but this this is made for him. Um, this is this season's made for Josh Hader. Um, he is. They're not going to run him out every day, though. Every other day yeah, at most. But he'll run out more than any other league. This is a year where the best pitcher in the league is going to get like six or seven wins. You're going to see some reliever luck into four or five wins. He could lead and the league. might as well be Hader. You get a guy like Hader who's going to um, maybe get four or five of those two uh, wins. 
and toss in a dozen saves. And, you know, this is the year that, you know, a guy like him is going to actually maybe win a sigh. Is somebody going to hit 400? It's very possible. I wouldn't bet on it. How do you treat if it? I was, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet on it. But, How do you treat it? Oh, you mean for, as far as the history blues? Yeah. Absolutely cannot count. Right. No. You, you throw no, it back. This isn't the, yeah, this isn't the 154 versus 162. This is, I mean, when I was a kid, Zay, reading the sporting news growing up, you could count on a June article, well, so-and-so hit 400 every single year, and it just got old. Somebody's hitting 400 in June every year. Well, this year, maybe maybe somebody tickles it. It, I'm telling you, I agree. It'll be it'll be a a phony record, not a record. Don't even think about counting it. However, Mm -hmm. if somebody's flirting with it, it'll be fun because the word for this year in baseball is fun. It's not like your normal season, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. You got to go with it. That's true. And before I forget that, say speaking of fun. This past week, golfing with X2, X3, X4, I did something at this golf course that I I mentioned to the owner, and he agrees it's probably never been done before. On, in the pouring rain, I think only I can do this. I one-putted from 66 feet, wait for it, for a 10. (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing no, in the pouring rain? Don't you have the sense to come in when that happens? This is a course up in Maine, I trust. Yes, yes. Don't cool. Really yet. No, we didn't have sense. To do What's that. the course's name? Uh, no, not going there. They're, okay. they're not. They're not worth it. Ah, <laughs> I don't no like plugs. Them. I don't like them. Okay, but I will say the one. I will say this when I sent you the picture earlier today. When I'm up here, I think of my. Um, my favorite movie character of all time, which is Winnie the Pooh. When Pooh said, they say nothing is impossible. That's not true. I do nothing almost every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. A main look, uh, my in-laws used to run a bed and breakfast in Bar Harbor and I went up there plenty of times and I'm telling you, it will put peace into your soul. Yeah. If you're up there, it is absolutely spectacular. So, and Zabe, yeah. Mrs. X retires September 1. So, of this year. Yes, September 1. We're counting it down. And so September 2, I, I got to head home in August but to get the boys to college. But September 2, we're coming back up and staying indefinitely. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And uh, both my daughter, Megan. Being Winnie the Pooh every day. Both my daughter, Megan. And Mr. Yes. X's X4? Three. Damn it. It's hard to keep. i got to get a laminated card. Hey, it's not easy in my house either, my friend. Right. <laughs> uh, my daughter and X3 are going to be going to Christopher Newport. That's a beautiful yep. thing. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Call me MrX.com, the website. Multiple levels. Uh, get the picks. Have fun. As Furio likes to say, bet with your head no over it, right? Sure. And... If you're going to have to wait until the last minute to win, you might as well just wait until the last minute, right? You measure your true winners basically by, are they is the hay in the barn well before the season is over? Yeah, it was always Labor Day, but we, I don't know that we can do that this year. <laughs> it got hard. It'd All be right. Tough. Call me MrX.com. The season totals are up. 60-game sprint should be fun. 
Resume your doing nothing, Mr. X, and we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Take care, man. All right, we'll end on this. Oh, look at Dr. Fauci. This guy is cleaning up, isn't he? Dr. Fauci is now drawing more and more fire from more people saying, are you fucking crazy saying New York did a good job with the virus? By what metric? By what logic is that? And he has now been invited to go throughout the first pitch at Nats Park for the game against the Yankees. As my buddy Scott Shirey said from Houston, a firm member of hashtag team reality, a guy who's in the medical field, so he's in and out of hospitals all the time, making sure people get their heart valves that they need so their heart can keep going bump a bump bump a bump and beating and living. And if you don't get that when you need it, you could, you know, die. Uh, my man Scotty Shirey said, there is, let me get the exact quote here because he texted it to me. Fauci throwing out a first pitch in an empty stadium is the most living metaphor we've ever seen. Yes, indeed. He'll get no standing ovation, which I'm sure he craves, because the guy clearly has an ego, if not a God complex, but he is milking this for everything. I wonder how many other doctors, how many other epidemiologists. Uh, where's Dr. Burks? Where, where's all of her celebrity pops, you know? It's like, it's all Dr. Fauci all the time. He's got a bobblehead. He's had Brad Pitt play him on SNL. He is on the cover of InStyle magazine. He's now throwing out the first pitch. A lot of people are seethingly pissed going, oh, that's great. A guy who's been so wrong so many times continues to milk his stardom for fame. Uh, Rand Paul called him out today on that. I just shrug my shoulders and I just say, whatever. At this point, it, there's nothing you can do. He's clearly has been elevated to near godlike status by some people on Team Virus, and they just they don't want to hear whether or not he's actually been on point or anything else. One thing I heard, and I just shook my head at this. It was a I happened upon a Fox News segment walking by a TV, and Daniel Henniger of the Wall Street Journal was making a point about Fauci and. You know, not being too harsh, but he said, you know, he really has been, you know, sort of worst case scenario all along. The host of the moderator of this little four box cable news yellowthon, which is all they are, jumps in and just stomps all over Henninger, who's brilliant, by the way, and a great writer, and says, but that's his job. That's his job. And I thought, okay, number one, you're yelling over him. He's trying to make a point. Number two, that's not Fauci's job to be worst case scenario guy. Where do you get that idea? That's his job to be worst case scenario guy. Anyone can be worst case scenario guy. I could be worst case scenario guy. I'd say probably a billion dead, uh, widespread chaos, famine, locusts. This is going to be a bad virus. So hunker down. Good luck, everybody. That's the worst case. Fauci's job, like anyone's job, is to give the best counsel advice considering the virus and what mitigation efforts are going to be applied to try to stop it and what strategies have benefits and trade-offs. That's his job. 
His job is to adjust as we learn more about the virus and how it spreads. Nope, he's been mashing the doom and gloom button. For reasons that, well, I've got a couple of theories. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'm sure time will tell when it's all said and done. So good for Dr. Fauci. Throw a strike out there, Doc. Hum it in there. Come on. Hum, babies. Big Nationals fan. So there you go. Oh, and one more thing on the coronavirus. A study out of Connecticut by one of the laboratories in Connecticut discovered that they were finding about 30% of positive coronavirus tests were false positives. Well, well, well. I wonder how widespread that is across all labs across the country. Just something to think about. As they say, just a thought, not a sermon. That'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. As always, if you want all five days a week of this wonderful podcast, subscribe via Red Circle or just go to zabe.com slash subscribe. You'll see how to do it there. You can get 12 months for the price of 11 and you'll get, you know, just one payment for the year, 55 bucks and away you go. And I appreciate your support. I think it's 55. Yeah, normally 60, so 12 times. Great at math, aren't you? Quality content worth paying a small price for, a fair price for, and I hope I'm giving you fair value. If I am, tell a couple friends and help have them join in on the fun. As always, rate and review if you get two seconds. It's annoying. I get asked to do this all the time. I try to do it as much as I can. Have a great Tuesday. Bet with your head on Mr. X's picks, not over it, and we will see you tomorrow. Put your car on cruise and lay back because it's summertime.